FM 89.9. My name's Daryl Ong, and you're tuned in to Barnan, the show that brings you through the ins and outs of the sporting world. Good news for squash fans in the country as this week international competition returns on Malaysian soil, kickstarting with the Malaysian Open this week, which would see 27 countries competing for the crown. A tournament that was postponed from last year due to the COVID-19 pandemic, this would be the first sports event in the country to welcome the participation of foreign players in over two years. The Malaysian Open is set to kickstart three events. The Malaysian Open followed by the Asian Team Championships on the 30th of November, and then rounding it off with the Men's World Team Championships on the 7th of December. On the program this week, we caught up with Major S Maniam, the director of coaching at the Squash Rackets Association of Malaysia, and going to preview this tournament and reflect on the last two years of inactivity. Well, as, as everyone knows, the last two years we were affected by the MCO in the COVID-19, uh, you know, uh, and we had very limited. Tournaments we scheduled, for example, this year we scheduled seven uh, professional tournaments uh, and managed to organize four uh, because of uh, COVID. Mm-hmm. And all these tournaments were internal tournaments, meaning they were professional tournaments, but only Malaysian professionals were playing in that. Mm. Uh, outsiders or foreigners were not allowed to come into the country, so this will be the first tournament in two years which will include players from abroad. So we are excited and looking forward to this. Definitely, um, and and those tournaments that you ran uh, with local players, I mean, it's great, you know, just to keep them up to form, right? Um, yeah, in a way, but also what you guys did is that you live stream those tournaments. Um, yeah. That was great. You know, how was the response to that? Uh, it was very, very good uh, because there was a dearth of uh, such tournaments. So there were a lot of people who got excited and watched it. Mm. Uh, not just people, but also our own squash players uh, get a chance to watch. Uh, you know, our squash enthusiasts and club squash players got mm. a chance to watch mm. because they couldn't come here uh, as we were in a bubble. So and parents and friends. So. Um, That way, I I think it was uh, well received, and also it enabled our players to get uh, ranking points to keep their ranking, you know, in position. Otherwise, uh, for lack of tournament, we could see their ranking come down. So the players themselves are very happy that we managed to do this and this to pull this off. We you know, our president Gerard Montero and deputy president. Uh, Aslan Iskandar bent backwards to try and get this uh, event uh, uh, running. Mm, and it was run well, you know. Um, but looking forward, right, uh, the Malaysian Open, uh, the tournament will see 27 countries vying for the crown. Um, maybe just to preview a little bit, Major, um, what can squash fans expect or, or, or look forward to to the Malaysian Open? Well, you know, uh, the the number one seed. Uh, is Miguel Rodriguez, and Miguel Rodriguez uh, from Colombia is one of the top players in the world, and he met uh, our number one player, Ng Ain Yao, mm-hmm. uh, in two tournaments in um, 
in the last couple of months. In the first tournament, Miguel beat Yao in a five um, hard-fought match, uh, in a five hard-fought games. And that was really, really, you know, for those of you who want to catch uh, that, it, you can find that in the YouTube. Uh, and shortly after, uh, Yao uh, got his chance for a revenge and managed to do that uh, with uh, amazing uh, performance to to win again in, in five. So I think... Um, because Miguel is number one seed and uh, Yao is the third seed, unfortunately, uh, due to the draw, they are meeting in the semi-finals oh. if they get to the distance. So, uh, squash fans will be eager to see this. The score is now standing at one all. Yeah. Uh, who will win the third is the is the question. Mm. And then the other exciting uh, match is the one where Saurav Ghoshal, who is the uh, the Asia's number one player right now, and he uh, is the second seed in the tournament. Mm. And and it will be good to see where he goes in this tournament because next year we've got two major events for squash, and that is the uh, Commonwealth Games in Birmingham in uh, on 29 July to the 8th of August and the Asian Championships from the 13th to the 22nd of September mm-hmm. uh, in Hangzhou, China. And Saurav Goshal in the Asian Games will in all likelihood be contending for the gold and again Yao will be fighting with him for the gold. Mm. So that would be another exciting matchup. Mm. How about on the ladies side, the women's side, Major? Uh, in the women's side, uh, due to uh, exams and various other commitments of our number one player, Siva Sangari, mm-hmm. who is in Cornell in the US, was unable to make it for these events here. Uh, she very much wanted to come but couldn't get the leave of absence from the college, which we understand uh, because just to prepare for the Asian Games and Commonwealth Games next year, She's taking a complete semester off so that she can focus on preparing uh, for the Asian Games Commonwealth Games. Mm. Uh, meanwhile, our number two player, Rachel Arnold, is leading the, the fight mm. uh, in the women's side where Salma Hani from Egypt is the number one seed. And the second seed is also an Egyptian, Nadine Shahin. Mm. So it will be it will be a good uh, matchup. Uh, we uh, Rachel Arnold plays um, uh, her Hong Kong player Tong Si Wing, and uh, and you know it's important because we will be playing Hong Kong in the team event in the Asian Team Championship. So it's almost like a teaser. Yes, you're <laughs> right. It's like a teaser. Great. Uh, yeah, so, you know, heavyweights, you know, a whole bunch of world-class players coming together, coming here to Malaysia. Um, hopefully, uh, the home ground advantage will suit us well. But what do you think of Malaysia's chances, Major? In the in the men's, uh, we are obviously quietly hoping that uh, uh, Yao firstly has to take on uh, 
Nicholas Muller from Switzerland. Mm. Although Yao is ranked higher than him, Nicholas Muller is no uh, mean player. He's, he's quite, uh, uh, quite, quite an exponent in such matches. He will meet him in the quarters, and then he plays Miguel in the semis. If he can reproduce the form the last time they met, uh, Yao is expected to meet either. Sorov or Yusuf Suleiman from Egypt in the finals. Right. And our hope and prayers are with Yao. And uh, that is our goal as well, is to uh, is for Yao to uh, take the title which he won in 2019 in a slightly smaller scale mm. Malaysian Open. Mm. Speaking of goals, you just mentioned taking the title, but what are your, I guess, realistic targets for um, these three tournaments? In the in the men's, I would say a finals. Uh, in the in the women, if if you know, uh, uh, it's, it's going to be a tough call. If the girls can go, all of them can go to the quarterfinals. Especially uh, Rachel Arnold uh, and uh, Aifa Azman, our number number one and number two in this tournament. Mm-hmm. If they can get to the quarterfinals, that will be. Quite an achievement. Mm, great stuff. Um, you've been around the place. You've seen them um, training. You've you've gotten the the I guess the vibe and the general mood. How how are they? You know how how's the overall mood of the players? Are they looking forward to compete at the highest level again? It has been quite some time since they have uh, uh, played at this level, particularly the girls. Mm. They, uh, you know, I mean, Rachel did go to the US uh, for a brief uh, outing in. Uh, from June to August. Yeah, a few months ago. Yeah. Uh, but uh, uh, but the others, IFA hasn't played an international tournament for a bit. Uh, she is looking forward to it as well. She's had some good wins in the PSA tournaments that we organized. Mm-hmm. Uh, the players are really charged up and looking forward to an exciting uh, three weeks ahead. Yeah, exciting and explosive three weeks ahead for sure. Um, the first one, Malaysian Open, will be held in Bukit Jalil, uh, the National Squats, uh, Squash Centre, right, from November the 23rd to the 27th. Uh, public can go, it's free entrance, but Major, can you just, you know, for, for the benefit of our listeners, just briefly, the SOPs that will be in place for all these three tournaments? Yeah, uh, very simple. Uh, firstly, there, there, there are different entrances for different people, players, and uh, tournament officials have got a, a, a rear entrance. They come in from the VIP entrance at the rear. Uh, the public will come in from the front entrance of the uh, center, mm. and they will all be required to do an RTK uh, on the spot, a rapid test on the spot. Uh, we the players, play, right? the players. Uh, no, no, the spectators. Spectators as well. Okay. Mm. The spectators have to do a test. Uh, it'll cost them if they want us to provide it six ringgits only for the test. Uh, and uh, they can come in. And when, once they are in, the usual SOP applies the social distancing and the mask. And of course, hand sanitizers will be placed in strategic locations. Mm. So they can keep their hands clean, keep the distance between uh, spectators and keep their masks on at all times. Mm. Players and uh, spectators, uh, there is a big divide so that they don't get to meet uh, uh, closer than, uh, you know, I think I'm looking at about five meters. Mm. Uh, So they will keep their distance. 
because the players are all in the bubble. You see. Hmm. I see. Got you. Mm. Mm. So it's not just the safety of the fans, right? But of the players as well. So I'm assuming straight from the airport to the hotel, and then on the day of the tournament to the squash court. Yes. So the players will not go anywhere else other than the squash courts and the hotel. That was Major S Maniam, the director of coaching at Squash Rackets Association of Malaysia. As we preview the triple threat of international squash tournaments happening starting this week. More of that conversation coming up, so do keep it locked only here on Bar None on BFM 89.9. BFM 89.9, my name's Daryl Ong and you tune into Bar None, the show that brings you through the ins and outs of the sporting world. This week on the show, we've been previewing the Malaysian Open, which is set to kickstart three events. The Malaysian Open followed by the Asian Team Championships on the 30th of November. And then rounding it off with the Men's World Team Championships on the 7th of December. Joining me on the program this week is the Director of Coaching at the Squash Rackets Association of Malaysia, Major S. Maniam. And picking up where we left off, we talk lessons the association learned during these two years of inactivity. Uh, one of the, the the interesting thing that has uh, has taken place is online training. Mm. Uh, you know, uh, when players were all based at home, mm. uh, we we started what we call online physical training three times a week, mm. and players all will uh, tune in to uh, our sessions, and they were they ran through a one hour uh, physical training program which was designed by. Uh, our specialists from the ISN, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, so in that two years, we we sort of fine tune the art of training these players online. You know, yeah. and I thought that was interesting. M- must have been and hard for you, Major. You know, after coaching for so long, was it hard to adapt to this kind of new style, this new normal? Uh, initially, you you're wondering, uh, you know, whether the players will follow what you say, <laughs> and how are we going to communicate with them, and how are we going to watch them in action, and mm. are they going to do it properly? Mm. What about the form, effort, and so on? But as time went on, I think uh, the players realized that they have to work hard themselves to, you know, otherwise it's a waste of their time. Yeah. And uh, eventually, we sort of, you know, fine-tuned it to a point where we were, we became experts in running online uh, classes. <laughs> Not only that, we also ran a small uh, online physical competition where players were are required to do X number of push-ups and sit-ups and, oh, I and see. jump <laughs> all that. And whoever did the best became champions and so on. In addition to that, I'm just, you know, you, you just, men uh, don't live on bread alone so to speak. So um, we we also introduced some debates and some online public speaking type of contests and, oh. you know, get, got players to watch matches, uh, professional matches, and then uh, share what they've learned from the matches. Mm. All this was done online. Mm. So just to keep the players active uh, uh, throughout in all aspects is what we learned and did in the last two years. All right. Um, Major, you have been in the Malaysian squash coaching and administration for a long time now. Uh, in terms of the level of the athlete's performance, right, have you seen great players come and go? How would you say it has evolved since you started? I think, you know, those days, um, 
we didn't have too many professional players. Uh, the breakthrough came when uh, Ong Beng He decided to uh, go abroad, base himself abroad, won the World Juniors, yeah. broke into the top 10. Mm. And uh, then followed by Aslan Iskanda, who is also the deputy president now. Uh, he broke into the top 10 as well. And soon people believe that, hey, uh, we have a chance. If we worked as hard as Beng He and Aslan, we can make it as well. Mm. And, and players are beginning to believe. So today we have a slightly uh, a larger number of professionals at the higher rankings than we've had previously mm. uh, because more and more players are joining the uh, professional squash association mm. and moving up the ranks and yao who is now based uh, studying in bristol and training there uh, has shown to us that you know this can be done so both yao and sangari sangari is in uh, uh, both our number one players sangari is in cornell university in the us mm. uh, both of them have shown that with the uh, with lots of hard work, uh, they can actually balance studies in squash and move up the ranks. Mm. Uh, most of the other players are beginning to spend more time playing professional squash. And if I compare uh, today with, say, uh, 10, 15, 20 years ago, there are more professional squash players today than ever before. Mm. It will be a miss of me if I don't mention uh, Dato Nicole David. Of course, I was waiting for you that know, name. I, uh, you know, I think uh, she's a legend and and she's done so much for Malaysian squash. It's just, uh, you know, you need a separate program just to talk about her. Yes. But uh, but uh, she she set the, the tone for the rest of the uh, squash players, not just female, but uh, men as well. Mm. But particularly for the female side, I think... Um, you know, the likes of Aifa Azman, Rachel Arnold, Aira Azman, Yi Jin Ying, uh, you know, Aina and so on. And many others have are trying to emulate uh, Nicole David to mm. get to the highest levels. For sure. Uh, then there is always the question, who, who is going to be our next Nicole David? That is the question. And my <laughs> answer is uh, quite uh, standard. And that is, it is not just Malaysia who's looking for the next Nicole David. The whole world is looking for the next Nicole David and I'm not uh, able to see one in the horizon, you know. Oh, really? Uh, hmm. uh, I, I don't think uh, the current batch of players, anyone can, uh, you know, emulate the kind of records and uh, achievements she've had in her career. Hmm. So it's going to be a tough call. So we are very proud to have her on uh, our side of the ring. That's great. Um, so we can go to your next question. <laughs> yeah, I want to speak yeah. about grassroots now. I know SRIM is working a lot with, you know, the grassroots and trying to unearth the next, like you said, you know, next Dato Nicole David, right? Has SRIM have been in touch with, you know, the uh, sports ministry, the government and stuff to introduce squash to more schools? Yes, the answer is yes. Um, and uh, the Ministry of Sports, uh, National Sports Council, have been really, really supportive of the programs. We have what we call an MOE PLD uh, schools program. Oh. MOE, Ministry of Education and Pusat Latehan Daira. Okay. Uh, they have eight uh, schools which uh, the ministry built mm. uh, squash courts. Ministry built cross courts in these eight schools. Mm. So that's the that's a start. 
Uh, originally, there was going to be another eight schools, but that will come uh, maybe much, much later, mainly because now, because of the COVID pandemic plus uh, the current uh, financial situation, mm. it may take a while. But what we've done uh, is uh, uh, appoint coaches in all of these schools and the school children are now beginning to get trained in these schools, okay? Mm. And we also have once a year, all these eight schools, the children gather for a tournament, uh, for a various age group tournaments. And I think uh, that has gone down very well. Mm. In addition to that, we are working closely, our National Development Officer, uh, Mohamed Ammar, uh, we actually have a, a development program in every state. Oh. Okay. Hmm. And these children uh, look forward to uh, junior tournaments that we organize. And this has been sponsored by CIMB for the last 13 years. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, they have been wonderful. And, and these tournaments have really helped us uh, uh, produce and find and produce talent for Malaysian sport. Mm. And they have got two levels. Huh? One is called RSNJC, which is Rising Star National Junior Championship, uh, National Junior Circuit. And NJC is the National Junior Circuit. The RSNJC is under 9, under 11 and under 13 years old. And uh, NJC is 15, 17, and 19. Mm. Now, these tournaments, the state uh, uh, development program players really look forward to playing these tournaments. This has been put on hold for a while now, mm. as you may understand. Mm. But once that gets going, uh, you're going to get hundreds of children running around squash courts every month in different states uh, playing these tournaments. And I think that is the, the, the cradle of our a junior development program. Got you, Major. Uh, also, from apart from schools, uh, there were talks of um, opening a Nicole David Academy, right? Early in the year, Major, you said that you were pretty cautious and pretty hesitant because you were scared it might turn into a white elephant, right? Yes. Do you still feel that way? No, I, I've had uh, discussions with uh, uh, Dr. Nicole David and her manager, Mariana, and we've talked about how best we can tackle this so that you know, we don't overlap in our responsibilities. And the Nicole David Foundation Academy um, is uh, targeted more towards uh, development of squash, particularly from school children uh, and uh, near uh, schools nearby the Bukit Jalil uh, Center, the, near that academy. Right. And then they are planning to bring in some coaches to work with these children on a regular basis. They, they will sort of become a feeder system mm. to the the main uh, uh, program that we have, the center, right? Mm. So I think that will work well. Uh, and uh, I, I'm now uh, very confident that uh, this will be a good program and that it will work well for us. That's great. Looking forward to it. Uh, of course, 2021, we also saw the Tokyo Olympics come and go. Uh, Major, are you hopeful that one day, one day, squash can be competed in the Olympic arena. We've, we've lived this dream uh, for a long time now. You know, uh, I think it must be at least uh, five Olympics that we've yep. missed. Mm -hmm. um, but, 
you know, like all squash players, we will never give up so easily. Uh, we will keep on trying and trying till we get in. Although uh, the World Squash Federation has sort of said that is no more our number one goal. Hmm. Uh, we will try and promote the game and make this game uh, popular and played in more countries and make it a more exciting game all around rather than putting all our focus on trying to get into the Olympics. Mm. Yes, we'd like to be in the Olympics. I think it's an honour. But that is not our single goal, a single-minded goal anymore. Priorities have shifted in a way. Slightly, yes. Mm. Um, Major, a couple of last few questions. Uh, you were the Director of Coaching Development of World Squash as well. You, you conducted over 100 coaching courses throughout the world. Um, you've, you, uh, you had prominently a, a stint in India as well, right? Um, how does the squash infrastructure in Malaysia stack up to those against uh, uh, versus the world? Uh, I'm very uh, you know pleased and honoured to say that uh, the the coach education system in Malaysia is uh, is very credible mm -hmm. and creditable. Mm. Uh, you will find that uh, a lot of our coaches are in demand now. Uh, many many years ago, it was the Pakistani coaches who were in demand throughout the world, and slowly we have caught up with them and perhaps even overtaken them. And if you look around, we've got coaches. You know, Ong Beng He is coaching in uh, in the US. He's the national head coach. Yep. And then you have a few coaches of ours in China. Um, you know, we've got coaches in the Philippines. We've got coaches everywhere. Yeah. So, and I'm very pleased to say that uh, that is only because we've got a very structured uh, coach education program. And this program uh, is now, you know, worldwide. We've got one in Malaysia. We've got one in uh, Southeast Asia, Asia and worldwide. So this program, very, very good in churning out uh, qualified coaches. And I'm, I'm pleased to say that uh, Malaysia is in the forefront in that. Awesome. How about the on the players' side, uh, infrastructure for the players? Uh, are there enough squash courts in Malaysia and that sort? You know, like all human beings, we are never satisfied. <laughs> uh, when you compare it with the lesser countries, we've got more squash courts than many other countries in Asia. Mm, but more can't hurt, right? Yes, more can't <laughs> hurt. And, and you know, uh, if, if, you, if you want to develop a sport to say like the level of badminton, mm. uh, you know, uh, then you certainly need more, more uh, courts. You need more courts in the schools. You, you need to uh, make people aware of the sport. Of course, uh, Dato Nicole David has done a lot in making the whole world be aware of the of of the sport, particularly in Malaysia. But uh, I, I believe that we could do with a bit more. Mm. So, uh, like you mentioned, Major, we have some of the best players in the world. We have some of the best coaches in the world coaching abroad as well. In your opinion, what's the way forward now for the landscape of Malaysian squash? I, I think if the... Uh, if we overcome the pandemic and we come back to normalcy, we have to continue growing the grassroots development, uh, both the CIMB program as well as the MOEPLD program. That is the is where everything begins. Yeah. Then the second part, once these numbers grow, I have to grow the number of uh, qualified coaches. The more qualified coaches you have, the more players they're going to produce. Mm. 
And finally, uh, with the help of uh, the National Sports Council, who really have been helpful and supportive, is to start sending out players, more and more players, to participate in professional tournaments around the world. Mm -hmm. So the more professional players we have around the world, the more the standard will go up. Mm -hmm. So overall, that would be, I think, a three-pronged uh, attack on the game to to take it to the next level. Great stuff. Last question. Um, what are SRAM's plans for 2022 and beyond? Uh, the, the biggest uh, target for us in 2022, as I mentioned earlier, is the Commonwealth Games and the Asian Games. Yeah, uh, We've never failed to deliver medals in both these events. Yep. Uh, and we want to do that and perhaps even better the result uh, from the previous uh, edition of these games. And we're working really hard uh, to produce that kind of performance. Mm. So 2022 is going to be focused around these two events for mm. the seniors. Uh, in July, August is going to be the World Junior Championships in Moscow, Russia. Uh, and that is another one of our targets. Uh, we've always done reasonably well in World Junior Championships. Uh, in addition to, of course, winning it, the last winner of that championship was uh, Nge Yao, uh, and before him was Ong Beng Hee, and of course, in the ladies, it was Nicole David. Uh, we would like to, it's about time uh, that another person uh, wins this title for us. Of course, Aira Azman uh, is someone we think uh, could, uh, could do something like that for us. Uh, we've got a number of players we are working on uh, in the uh, men uh, boys team and the individual event and i think these are the targets for next year. that was major asmaniam the director of coaching at the squash racket association of malaysia as we look forward to the malaysian open the asian team championships and the men's world team championships and with that we've come to the end of this week's program if you'd like to revisit that interview again Head over to our website www.bfm.my forward slash bar none. And if you'd like to get in touch with us, you can tweet us at BFM Radio. My name's Daryl Ong, and this has been Bar None, the show that brings you through the ins and outs of the sporting world. Join us again next week, only here on BFM 89.9, the business station.